Are you all going to join me? Give it up for this amazing team today. they have become accustomed to a gathering where we come and we recite songs not worship we recite songs because we know them we listen to a 30 minute three point sermon a benediction prayer and people stay bound in pews because men and women that have been called by God have neglected the power of the Holy Spirit. So the reason it is strange and unusual is because we are not accustomed or we are not adapted to seeing the demonstration of God here, here on earth. But as for Hope Center, this church... I said, as for Hope Center, I wish I had somebody that was glad to be a part of this house. As for this house, we say we believe in the God of miracles, signs, and wonders, healing, deliverance, and salvation. We believe in that God. Do you serve that kind of God? honor the Lord for what he is doing in this house I can care less about what man has to say about me I said I could care less about what man can say about me what I am concerned about is what does the master the Lord Jesus have to say concerning my life and if he has sent me to do this work then I will do this work you know, you got to get to the place, and this is not the message, but you have got to get to the place where you are so engulfed and saturated and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, where there is no fear of man, no fear of rejection, no fear of failure, no fear of opinion. Do you know how many people are stagnant in their calling? Don't ever move or do anything that God sends them to do because they are afraid. What are they going to think about me? What are they going to say about me? Are they going to approve of me? You've got to be so filled with the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit that you say, I could care less about what man has to say. I care about honoring my God. I care about pleasing my Lord. I care about doing His will. I care about the approval and the backing of heaven. Someone say amen. So I honor God for what he is doing in this place. And it takes some crazy people that would believe that he can still do it because if you're crazy enough to believe he is powerful enough to do it 
So this is an unusual ministry because we are going into an unusual land. And there are wonderful ministries. That's not to say that they're not wonderful ministries. But there has been a deficit in the body of Christ for his power. I said there has been a deficit for his power. So we have had information, but not enough demonstration through revelation. We have had wonderful theological messages and conversations. The cry of my heart is, Lord, we have been preaching and preaching and teaching and these things are wonderful. But I said, God, there has got to be more. I prophesy over this house that we are stepping into the more of God. I speak and I prophesy that this ministry is stepping into the more of God. I prophesy what God is doing in this church. I speak and declare that he will also do in your life. He will also do in your marriage. He will also do in your children. He will also do in your generation. He will also do to everyone connected to you. You are stepping into the more of God. I said that you are stepping into the more of God. Somebody say, I receive receive it hallelujah so I bless God for our team our pastors our leaders our, our hope force our congregation because we have just stepped across our first deadline that we had the first milestone in acquiring our building we still have a ways to go but someone say it is done we are people of faith so we say it is done so we are asking for people to believe we're asking for people to pray we're asking for people to partner in this move of God that is taking place even now. Hallelujah. We began, are you ready for a quick message? <laughs> this message will be small, small. Because look, I, I want to bless somebody today. I want to bless everyone that is in the room. You know my... My servant leaders, they, they always, they're always working. But today, today, you're receiving today. Servant, you're receiving today. I want to bless everyone in the room before we leave. So I want to share just briefly. I want to thank God for those who are here for the first time. We, we praise God for you. We celebrate you. We thank God. We honor. We are grateful. We want to meet you at the end. We want to connect with you. We want to know how we can continue to pray and stay connected with you. I'm so glad that you are here. We began uh, a series. Really, we landed on a series because we, I hadn't planned on it being a series. I had planned for it to be a standalone one-day message. But it ended up being a series called, what, what has been the series? Shifting the Atmosphere. Now, why is that important to understand? Because you and I, for those who are believers, for those who are not believers, I welcome you and I am glad that you are here. Let me tell you, there's no better time to be saved than the time that we are living. 
And so I want to let you know that you came just as you are and we welcome you just as you are. But I want to let you know that Jesus won't leave you as you are. And so before I even get into the message, if there's a person that has not committed their heart, their life, or has, has, has strained straight away, you're saying, I need to recommit. I want to invite you before we leave, we, we, must, we must make that recommitment today because let me tell you, this is the time to be saved. Not tomorrow. The scripture says today is the day of salvation, says the Lord. And he loves you. He gave his life. He, he gave himself up as the perfect blameless sacrifice. The theological term is as the propitiation, the, the substitution to be in your place and my place for our sin. For we were broken straight away. We had fallen short of the glory of God according to the book of Romans. None of us, not even in our good deeds, we could not, we could not make up for the sin, the gravity, the weight of sin over our life. So it took a blameless, perfect sacrifice. It took the Lord Jesus Christ to put on flesh and come into the earth I'm preaching a gospel message before I get into shifting the atmosphere and he took on flesh so that he can come so that why did he come on earth so that so that the son of God could become the son of man so that the sons of man could become the sons of God so that our relationship could be restored a fellowship could be restored our rightful place as image and, and, and likeness of, of God to be restored in relationship and fellowship with him. So he gave his life over 2,021 years ago. So my invitation before you leave is that you meet the Jesus that saves. You meet the Jesus. I still, listen, I may sound antiquated, old school. I still believe that Jesus is the answer. I still believe that Jesus is the solution. No, no, I'm talking about he, he's not a compliment to a solution. I said he is the solution. I wish I had some Body. I said he is still the way he is still the truth he is still the life and no one comes to the father lest it be through the Lord Jesus Christ that is the Savior that I serve so I invite you to join this radical family this family that loves God and your life I promise you will never be the same so as believers for those who have believed on the Lord, you are called to shift atmospheres. Why? Because Jesus said you are salt and light of the earth. Now when you use salt or when you turn on light, what does it do? It shifts or it changes. If you had some dry meat, right? and you, No seasoning. It's not enjoyable. But you throw a little salt on there. If you're Latino, if you're Caribbean, you, you put a little, a little extra, extra. <laughs> But when you throw some seasoning, some salt, it makes it digestible. It makes it better. It changes whatever is applied to. If you turn on light, it shifts the atmosphere. If you were to step into this room, it would completely dark. You would not be able to see anything. You would not be able to enjoy the room. You would not be able to enjoy the beautiful faces that you have in this room. But when you turn on the light, it shifts and changes the atmosphere. Now, the Holy Spirit was given to you, not so that you can just come to church and say, I got the Holy Spirit. I know a lot of times we just stay... Uh, we stay comfortable knowing that we have the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit was actually given to you for you to be a witness in other words for you to demonstrate how do I know that the book of Acts said and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and then you will be my witnesses in other words without the Holy Spirit there is no life without the Holy Spirit we cannot be bold with our faith without the Holy Spirit I wish I had about two or three that really love the Holy Spirit 
without the Holy Spirit we cannot shift and change climates without the Holy Spirit when we walk into a room it stays the same but when you got the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is not only with you but the Holy Spirit is upon you not only upon you but the Holy Spirit is inside you when you walk into a room something has got to change in the atmosphere because you are there so the person of the Holy Spirit radically transforms your life but not only transforms your life for you to say my life is transformed but for others to be witnesses of who the Holy Spirit is inside of you now the Holy Spirit is not is not a thing the Holy Spirit is a person the Holy Spirit is the same spirit in the scripture where it says the spirit of grace he is the the spirit of prophecy he is the spirit of Christ he is the spirit of life he is the oh can I can I can I can I teach a little bit he is the pneuma of God. Pneuma means wind. It means, it means, it means air. He is the very ruach that we see in the book of Genesis where the Bible says, and God breathed the breath of life. That was the ruach. See, man wasn't able to move. He didn't have his being. He wasn't, he wasn't a living soul until the Holy Spirit was breathed, until a spirit was breathed upon him. So the, he is the ruach of God. He is the pneuma of God. See, see, see the thing about wind, if the Holy Spirit is wind, you cannot grab wind you cannot you cannot see wind but you can perceive wind and that is the Holy Spirit because wind is at all places at all times wind will show up in the most unexpected places you ever had a gust of wind just hit you I don't know where you weren't expecting you just whoa, where did that come from because the Holy Spirit can be in different places at the same time that's why it's always interesting when people say I found the Holy Spirit or I found you I'm glad I found Jesus but see Jesus was never lost for you to find him in order for something to be found it must be lost Jesus was never lost for you to find him but in fact he found you that's why you were that's why you were up in the club see we in Baltimore we can talk we can keep it real that's why you were up smoking you were up drinking all of a sudden you felt something touch your heart and you took you talked to your homeboys you know what I really shouldn't be here uh, because the Holy Spirit just came up and crept upon you and began to speak to you that you are better than this that you are more than this that there is a that there is a call over your life you try getting high the holy spirit messed up your heart talking about i gotta go home and you're like god why you show up here <laughs> you're trying to negotiate why <laughs> why here i'm trying to <laughs> because he's the the pneuma of God and that wind will show up you can't you can't see the wind but you can perceive and the Holy Spirit just like wind shifts climate and atmosphere and changes things when the Holy Spirit is inside of you something has got to change something has got to shift he is the spirit that brings conviction he is the spirit that leads you to righteousness and truth he is the spirit that will remind you of the things the Lord Jesus has spoken to you even Jesus said I will give you the spirit and he will remind you of that which I have spoken And he said, you cannot do this life 
he told his disciples without my Holy Spirit that's why in John chapter 14 he said and I will send you another comforter I will send you the paracletos I will send you the one that stands beside you I will send you the advocate I will send you the comforter I will send you the helper I will send you the one that will stand beside you that when the enemy attempts to accuse you ah uh, you ever needed a good lawyer I wish I had a testimony wish I had a witness up in here you ever need a good lawyer the word that Jesus used was paracletos that means advocate he is the one when the devil tries to accuse you the Holy Spirit says this one is mine so watch this y'all look I didn't want to preach but y'all making me preach over here I want to I wanted to teach today but Kaya but I'm Rinda Koya but I'm feeling this thing on my knees right now. If this thing gets down on my, on my big toe, y'all gonna mess around, make me act a fool up in here. Y'all making me preach up in here. Somebody shout, Holy Spirit, I need you. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you. You may be seated, please. So in order for us to shift the atmosphere, we have got to honor the Holy Spirit. The reason why in the book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 53, verse 58, I think we got it. We may have it on the screen. Let me read it to you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53. The Bible says when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching and, 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 and teaching the people in the synagogue. And they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers? James, Joseph, Simon, Judas aren't all his sisters with us where then did this man get all these things and they took offense at him but Jesus said to them a prophet is not without someone say honor a prophet is not without honor except in his own town in his own home and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith The Bible says he wasn't able to do many miracles there. In other words, there was an atmosphere that was not conducive. That was not receptive, but isn't he Jesus? Isn't he God? Didn't he have the full measure of grace and of power of the Holy Spirit? He certainly did. But see, here is the thing. The work that Jesus wants to do, he doesn't want to do it outside or without you. If that were the case, then, then in order for the gospel to be preached, he would have sent angels. He would have sent himself to preach the gospel. But the Bible says that you are to go into all the world. You are the one that is supposed to be a witness, Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, until the ends of the earth. So the work that Jesus wants to do, the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do, he wants to do it with you and through you. So though he had power, the people there had a lack of faith. That lack of faith was also connected to dishonor. And it is possible 
for you to come to a church gathering like this where Jesus and his spirit is present and for there to be a lack of faith and dishonor dishonor is commonality uh, dishonor is when you have become too familiar in other words uh, honor is to hold in high esteem honor is to give proper weight or value honor is to place something above you honor is to lift something or someone up but whenever there is dishonor you put down you are common you are familiar you treat as just anything and there are people that come to gatherings like this and just are so accustomed so familiar with the presence of God that when God is moving they just stay there apathetic without enthusiasm without desire without hunger without an appetite to receive from God they walk out of the service and they say you know what I wasn't feeling it today completely ignoring that Jesus is in the room <laughs> they didn't sing my songs today I ain't like that preaching today. So you have your eyes on everything else except the reason that you should have come for which is to receive from Him and also give to Him in your praise and in your worship and your affection, in your adoration, in your attention to Him. So the Bible says that He could not do many miracles there because the atmosphere wasn't right he went over to a different town the town of Capernaum and the Bible says and he did many miracles there because someone said there was an atmosphere so we are called to shift atmospheres when you go into the workplace because you're there something should shift when you get there wish I had a witness I, I speak over your life I prophesy over your life that the company you are working for it will become better because you are there I prophesy over your business that your business will grow because you are there I wish I could speak to about three four people that would receive it when you go into your house something has got to change because you are there the atmosphere has got to shift you carry within you the person of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit will only come upon people the Holy Spirit would not dwell within the hearts of man he would only come upon the people the kings the priests the prophets from time to time and the spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah and the spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel and the spirit of the Lord came upon Elisha and the spirit of the Lord came upon Sam so it, it was only upon but yet these men and women were able to do exploits miracles manifest the supernatural with the Holy Spirit only coming upon them and you and I not only have this Holy Spirit upon us we not only have the Holy Spirit with us, but we have the Holy Spirit in us. You may not be hearing me. You... So Elijah was able to do miracles, had no spirit living in him. It was when the Spirit came upon him, and yes, for you, 
have the Holy Spirit within you. Now watch this. So in order for us to shift atmospheres, we must never become too familiar with the Spirit of God where we treat His presence like just anything. In other words, when you are coming to this place, what does honor look like? When you are coming, look, 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 watch this, watch this. In the Old Testament, there was the outer gate. I've taught you this many times. The outer gate, there was the inner core or the holy place. And then there was the holy of holies where only the high priest would go where the Shekinah glory was. What was the Shekinah glory? The weight and the power of the Spirit of God was in the holy place. Here it is. So, so you would first go into this place where there was an atmosphere, the outer gate. Then you would go into the inner gate where there was called the holy place. There was an atmosphere. Then you would step into the holy of holies where there was an atmosphere. So watch this. When you come to the house of God David said it this way I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of God so when you are when you are getting ready you should already be creating an atmosphere and cultivating an atmosphere God I honor your presence you're over there trying to get your lash right that thing hanging off you but, but look God I thank you you're over there trying to apply the foundation oh yeah I think I ain't know about that I got three daughters what you talking about I got a wife you trying to apply that Mac uh, wish I had some that thing ain't working out some of you in the car trying to get it ready but but even while you're driving you're in the outer gate and you say God I love you God I praise you thank you for another day thank you for the breath in my lungs thank you God that you woke me up this morning thank you When you when you are in your car you're stepping into the holy place you're stepping now, 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 now you're getting deeper in and you and you begin to create an atmosphere in your car I know the kids in the back acting a fool but you say Lord I thank you anyway in the name of G I rebuke in the name of thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord by the time you get to the parking lot You walk out of the, you walk out of the, your car, come into the parking lot, into the building saying, God, you're going to do something new today. God, I thank you that you're going to speak to me today. God, I thank you that you're going to do something supernatural. The impossible will become possible. What my eyes haven't seen, what my ears haven't heard, that is what I will see and hear. That's called setting the atmosphere. But you know there are people, they're getting ready in there. Hey, the spirit inside them. And they wake up. Someone say problem. Someone say fire. There we go. If they open the window and it's gloomy, ah, oh, it's rainy today. No joy. No peace. <laughs> the spirit inside. And they let the outside affect what's inside. Not knowing that greater is he that is that is in, in me than he that is in the
So honor is what sets an atmosphere for things that you have seen already happen here to take place. Honor. I love your presence. I can't get enough of your presence. I live. I exist. I breathe. See, I feel like I'm talking to him right now. See, I can't get enough of him. See, see, see. Some of y'all get tired, but I can't. I can't get tired when I think about all that he's done. And I and, and God, I, 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 the fact that I can move my hand is because you're good. The fact that I can use this mic is because you're good. The fact that I can speak. The fact that I can. God, I love you. God, I can live without you God I need you every second every hour every day of my life I, I need you that's honoring that means you're placing his presence first and foremost you are esteeming his presence above any and everything else Honor is what shifts the atmosphere. But where there is dishonor, there is a lack of faith. There is familiarity. So you must treat the Lord Jesus and his precious Holy Spirit as the guest of honor. You know, sometimes we treat the outsiders better than our own. Somebody new coming in your house, you, boy, you clean up the spaces you never clean. Talking about, talking about if it's just a usual week, you just like, go ahead. That's all good, right? You just leave that right there. Just leave it. But if a guest of honor is showing, boy, you be up in there. Your children are like, what are you doing? You never. You. And you going above and beyond. We need to treat the Holy Spirit like a guest of honor. This is your house. Whatever you want, whatever you desire. Holy Spirit, I don't want to just treat you like a distant friend. I want, I want to be, I want to be close. That has to be the desire of your heart. To say, Holy Spirit, I want to be close to you. You were, you were given to me as a gift for, for there to be relationship, fellowship. The, the Bible term is koinonia. It means a togetherness. It means a, a coming together to have not only fellowship, but to also have partnership. See, the reason I'm able to do what I do for Jesus is because I've partnered. You know how in a business, sometimes you need partners, and, and then you have a junior partner, and you have a senior partner. I have already committed my heart for the rest of my life in ministry that I will never make myself the senior partner. I say, Holy Spirit, you're the senior partner. Whatever you say, if you want to change this thing, Holy Spirit, that's all right. I'm, I'll, I'll go with that. If you want to do this, I'm with it. If you don't want me to do this, then I won't. If you don't want me to speak that, I won't speaking I want to partner with you not just fellowship coming together intimacy with the Holy Spirit but partnership we work alongside together the reason why you are struggling is because you have partnered with me myself and I and that is finishing you so your partnership is with me, myself, and I. The decisions you make is how you want to make them. You act how you feel. You speak what you desire. You go based on your emotion. You move how you want to move. And that's why you're saying, why do I keep running into a wall? But when you partner with the Holy Spirit, and you say, Holy Spirit, before I make a move, what do you say about this? 
before I act a fool, Holy Spirit, can you hold me down? You know, it's interesting that in the book of Acts, in, in the King James Version, the Bible says, and the Spirit came upon the, 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 the ones that were in the upper room. And, and the Bible says, and the Spirit sat on them with tongues on fire. That's interesting because a lot of times we need the Holy Spirit to sit on us as well so that He can hold us down. Because if you act how you want to act, you'll be finished. You'll be, uh, you'll be up in jail. You'll end up divorced. You'll end up without a family. But thank God that the Holy Spirit will weigh you down. Hold up. <laughs> so we have to not only fellowship with the Holy Spirit, not only partner with the Holy Spirit, we need to move with the Holy Spirit. And we need to unite with the Holy Spirit. Unite. Unite, unite, unite. And when you unite with the Holy Spirit, partner, fellowship, you will counter disbelief. Because where there is disbelief, you cannot shift or change an atmosphere that is conducive for God. The Bible says, and he said, a prophet is without honor in his hometown. So we see dishonor. Then he says, he could, the Bible says he could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So there was disbelief there. Disbelief doesn't just show up as disbelief. It begins, I taught this last week, as apathy. Apathy is a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of interest. So before there's disbelief, there is apathy. You come in, you're just apathetic. You treat your relationship with God and there's no interest. There's no desire. There is a lack of energy. There is a lack of enthusiasm. There is a lack of hunger. And so whenever you are in a place of apathy, that opens the door for doubt. Because the enemy is seeking who he can devour. And whenever you're apathetic, he say, now they're defenseless. Are you still here? Whenever you are vulnerable, that's when the enemy comes and, and he pounces on you. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he comes, how, to, how does he kill you? How does he destroy you? He doesn't take your physical life just like that. He begins with creating doubt in your mind. I'm teaching here. He begins with thoughts, ideas, suggestions. God doesn't love you. They don't care about you at that church. They don't really love you. You're not called for this. You will not make. See, those, see whenever there is doubt, that is, the, that, is, that is evidence of satanic presence. Whenever there is doubt, that is evidence of satanic presence. How do I know that? The devil appeared to Eve in the garden in the form of a serpent. And that serpent said, did God doubt? So whenever there is doubt, that is the, the evidence of satanic presence. So first is apathy, apathetic. Then the enemy comes with doubt and you begin to align yourself with doubt. So you make agreements with the lies of the enemy. And then the doubt turns into disbelief. Because by the time you're in disbelief, you say, nah, I don't believe in any of that. But you didn't begin that way. So the way that we counter us ever falling into a place like that is by partnering with the Holy Spirit. It's by fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. It's getting to know the Holy Spirit. It's separating a time and a space in our lives where you say, this is my time for you, where I meet you, where I speak to you, where I not only speak to you, but I hear from you. And then when you begin to get saturated with the power and the presence of God, don't miss this. Don't miss this, because if you missed it, you, 
dismissed it. Capture this. Don't let the devil rapture this. Watch this. So when now you are full of the power of the Holy Spirit, now you've partnered. Now you're moving alongside him. Now he's ministering to you. Now he's speaking to you. So now he empowers you to do what? To live by faith. So how do you counter disbelief? By living a life of faith. How do you activate faith in your life? By using words of faith. Faith is word activated. Can I, can I teach you and then we're gonna and then we're gonna do something. Faith is expressed through words. The language of the supernatural, I'm teaching you something very profound. The language of the supernatural, because we were never meant or called to live in this world like anyhow. This three-dimensional world, high with death. That's how the world lives. So when they watch CNN, that's their guide. When they're on socials, that's what they live by. But as for you and I believers, we live by a different kingdom. We live based on the kingdom of God. What are his edicts? What, are his, what is his word? What does he say about the matter? So we were called to live based in the realm of the spirit. Now, how do you tap into that supernatural realm of the spirit? It is through words. Through words. That's why the Bible says that life and death is in the power of your and that's why based on what you speak you actually see that manifest in your own life it's bible so 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 faith is word activated how do i know that in the book of romans are you still here in the book of romans chapter 10 the bible says that you believe with your heart but you've got to confess with your mouth unto salvation when a bride and a groom are presenting themselves you know, in a ceremony or, you know, in some cases, some of y'all, I know I have some witnesses, you showed up in court and you went to court, they, they, they did the ceremony and then you had to seal the deal by, by doing what? By saying, I do. A life-altering decision, a life-altering transformative experience that marks you for eternity takes place through words when you say I do the Bible says whatever you loose or whatever you speak in heaven whatever you speak on the earth shall be loosed in the heavens whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven how do you loose how do you bind through your words how do you come how do you confess unto salvation through your words how do you express to someone that you love them through your words that's why your wife listen I want to help a husband today that's why your wife is bad she don't she's not telling you and then she just show up and ask you do you love me why is she always asking you that because you need to actually express it oh he got quiet he got quiet Let me, that's for the marriage uh, day no 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 see here it is you can say in your heart, or let me speak to you, let me, because the fellas get mad. I'm with y'all, fellas, I'm with y'all. Let me go to the other side. Your husband is, <laughs> you got to actually express it. See, this thing is not just about, you know, we all made the mistake. They know I love them. Why I got to tell you, they know, they know. We can know in our heart, but it was never meant to just stay there. 
Love was meant to be expressed. And faith is meant to be expressed. Okay, now let's bring it home. So that means when you are, when you know that the enemy is attacking your home, and you just sitting there talking about, well, it is what it is. No, baby. You've got to use the power that is inside of you. And when you see the enemy attacking your home, you say, devil, you are a liar. I bind your work. I bind your power. I bind that attack. Ah! In the name of Jesus, you have no part in my home. You have no place in my marriage you have no place in my life you have no place words cnn talk about the world is going to end when you say if it ends i'm i know that I'm, I'm gonna be with god i don't have to worry about a thing they shut down jobs but as for me and my house we will see the blessing of god we will serve the lord that is using your words that are empowered by the holy spirit so when you are down that's why the bible said now i understand why the bible said let the weak say it doesn't say let the weak think they're strong it says let the weak say i am strong let the poor say i am rich when the devil says you will never make it you gotta counter that with faith i know that my god is not a man to lie know the son of men to repent for that which he's spoken if god said it i know he's gonna do it my god is faithful my god is great my god is amazing and he will do it if he promised the devil tell you you'll never be able to recover baby you've got to use your words and say the years that the locust the palmer worm the big worm the small worm the years that the enemy took from me i know that my god is able to restore the enemy tell you you're gonna stay sick you say by his strike see any the world will look at that as just some some claim it uh, a, a manifesting mumbo jumbo but no 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 no. this is bible when your word is empowered by the holy spirit something has to shift that's why when you're down when you're cast down watch this david david this man was dangerous david this man was dangerous when he was down and sad he will speak to himself why are you downcast most of us went down and would just say it's just one of them days you all right yeah i'm all right i'm all right you sure yeah i'm good and you just go there lay down looking at the ceiling Holy Spirit inside of them I'm helping you <laughs> why are you downcast oh my soul don't forget what God has done for you 
now you're using that power. <laughs> you got to say to yourself sometimes, if God doesn't do anything else, he already has done enough for you. Get yourself up from this place. So when your words come, you're really speaking his words. Empowered by his spirit, something has to shift. Notice that you can say words and they have no effect. But when they are empowered by the spirit, something has to shift. The Bible says Jesus went to get baptized. And then it goes on to say, while John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus, and the spirit descended in the form of a dove, and then a voice came from heaven. So the word came after the empowerment of the spirit. Okay. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, and God created the heaven and the earth. He said, let there be light. There was light. Then it says, the earth was without form and was void. And then it says, and then it says, watch this. The spirit of the Lord hovered upon the face of the deep. And then God said, let there be, and there was. So the spirit empowered the atmosphere. And then the voice came. When Jesus was being baptized, the spirit descended and then the voice came. In Genesis, the spirit was hovering over the face of the deep, over the water. And then God said. So how do you use this power that is within you to shift atmospheres? You must first be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you begin to release words of faith. Did you catch it now? It's time to shift the atmosphere. I want you to stand to your feet right there.